Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. Appreciate if you guys would share this podcast with other people. And uh, like we always do at the end of this episode, we're going to give our email addresses so you could reach out to us with suggestions for future podcasts, maybe uh, some comments about this particular episode. This episode is kind of springboarding off of our previous episode where we did a mock session with Vicki and Maddie, and uh, they pretended Maddie was an agnostic coming to the abortion center and was afraid that her baby was going to be um, was going to have issues because she had been drinking and had been smoking and that sort of thing, which is not uncommon, actually. So uh, this episode, actually, springboarding off of that, was kind of at the end of that last episode. She said, will you come over with me in the shade here and we'll talk further? This was them talking further, her sharing the gospel with Maddie, who's actually... Her name is not Sarah in this one. Right. Her name it's was Kathy. 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 Okay. Right. So anyway, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to listen to this mock counseling session. And then as we have in time past, we're going to come and talk a little bit about it. Some of the things that went well, some of the things that could have been done better. And Vicki said that there was one blaring omission on her part. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about what that might be. Maybe you guys, as you're listening through try to figure out what is that blaring omission on her part and how could she never leave that out again right so i'll be any, shamed into it no yes, more yes anything you want to add before we jump into um, the uh, the video obviously it's a video but right. you guys are listening on the podcast yeah so you're not seeing the video but it's okay the audio yeah. is great we will be able to post the videos i think on sidewalks for life um with the article that goes yeah. along with this. But the the one thing that I wanted to add is remember this is an agnostic mom. This is different from how I would share the gospel if it was someone who has already said, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God. I was really so it it there were two things that I was yeah. going for here with with her being someone who really didn't believe in Jesus at all. And that was first of all to introduce her to Jesus and then to introduce the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, guys, we'll listen in, and we'll be back after uh, after this uh, mock session. Okay, so you've got the information, and thank you so much that you're willing to talk with me uh, yeah, about God. You. I mean, I, I'm hoping it'll be life-changing. It was for me. Like I was telling you, I'm post-abortive, and it was when I really came to grips with what I had done and when I had my first son is, is when I, I sought God, and I, and I really I found Him. And the Bible says that, uh, the door will be open to all who knock. God, God extends the invitation to be found to every one of us. All who seek Him will find Him. The Bible says, and that's what I'm hoping is that at least you'll, you know, you'll get a sense of, of that um, He is, He is there, and He is seeking you, um, and waiting for you just to to turn to Him. But, um, but 
you know what? I, I, I never got your name, and I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> I, what I'm, is your name? I'm Kathy. You're Kathy. Okay, Kathy. And you, you are. And I'm, I'm Vicki, and my name and number is, is on the back. Right, there. okay. So gotcha. you can talk with me at any time. Um, and I know we talked about that we're going to help you, and I want you to know all the help we offer is completely in no way contingent on how you feel about God. Not at all. You reject God completely, we're still going to help you because we feel called by God to, to do our best to help you in whatever situation you face. Okay? So, um, why don't we start with just, um, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but if you were to, you know, get in your car and drive away and get in an accident and die, where do you think you'd be going? Heaven or hell? I don't know. What if you just, like, cease to exist? <laughs> okay, so you might. You might cease to exist. Let's say that there is a heaven and there is a hell, a place of reward and joy mm -hmm. and eternal. The, the spirit is eternal, and um, there's a place where God is. I mean, the God of the Bible certainly talks about a heaven and a hell. Heaven, where you're with God for all eternity. Hell, where you are separated from God in eternal torment for all eternity. So... Where do you think, if, if thinking about your life, where do you think you would be going? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've done some pretty bad stuff, but like for the most part, I've been pretty good and I'm not, okay. I don't like hate people in general okay. or something. Okay, so you're a pretty good person. Like if there was a scale and you weighed your good and bad on the scale, good tips a little bit higher than bad. A little bit, yeah. Okay, okay <laughs> let me ask you some questions. Have you ever told a lie? Yeah. Okay, what does that make you? A liar. A liar. Okay. Have you ever um, stolen something? Oh, yeah. 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 What does that make you? A thief. A thief. Okay. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? You know what I mean by that? Like if like, you use... Oh, my gosh. Or, yeah. Yeah. But you oh use... God. Yeah. Or Jesus Christ and use it as a, a cuss word, really, an exclamation of surprise or anger or cussing and um, anger and hurling it at someone. Um, have you ever done that? Yeah. With the, okay, I, I have too. And um, the Bible takes that very seriously. It's called blasphemy. So you and I are blasphemers, according to the Bible. Um, how about, have you ever looked with lust upon someone you're not married to? Let me ask you, are you married? No. Okay, and you're pregnant, so... We know the answer to that question, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. And, and the Bible says that if you even um, uh, look with lust upon someone that you're not married to, you've committed adultery in your heart. So according to the standard of the Bible, which everything begins in the heart, all sin begins in the heart. And according to the biblical standard, if you've looked, even looked with lust upon a man you're not married to, you've committed adultery. It makes you an adulterer right? According to this, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how about, um, have you ever murdered? No. 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 Okay. How about if you took that human being's life? Would that be murder? I guess it depends on what you consider murder. Okay. Well, murder is the taking of an innocent human life. Is that human being innocent? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. A, I mean, I guess it is. A human and it's being. a human being, right? With all the human DNA from the moment of conception. So, so, by that standard, you would murder if you went in there and killed your baby. With, without a doubt, that, that's taking of an innocent human life. But do you know that the Bible says that if you even call your brother Raka, which means fool, you've murdered him in your heart. Again, that heart thing. God, the Bible keeps coming back to our heart. And what happens in our heart, that's where all sin begins. We think about it. We dwell on it. 
and then we do it. We take action. That's the progression of sin. So you have just admitted that you are a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterous murderer. That's five of the Ten Commandments. Do you still look so good? No. No, not really. Not really. So the, you're not alone. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. All of us sin. And you can see on that list as I was going through it, you're probably thinking, well, lies are not so bad, right? Well, stealing things once in a while for a good reason maybe is not. But as the list progressed, I think you were beginning to kind of think, wow, that sin has kind of added up. And, and, um, and it's pretty... Uh, pretty significant in my life. Um, so all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says that there's a penalty for sin. For example, you have a mother and you were a child. And when you were a child, if your mother had not had consequences, punishment um, for your wrongdoing, would you have grown up to be a responsible, good human being, do you think? I don't think either one of us were responsible good human. Okay, so maybe she maybe she didn't do that, right? Maybe she didn't discipline you. And maybe that's part of why you've led down a path where kind of you're maybe looking now with a little bit of regret on some of the things you've done. Yeah. So um, so there is a penalty, even a, a parent, a good parent, of course, disciplines their child. God, if he's the God of the Bible that I'm claiming he is, then he is the best parent. He is a perfect parent, in fact, because if he created everything, then he is mighty above all else. And if he has created these people, he has the right to do with them whatever he desires. And one of the things he has done is he's given us his commandments, his law, and we've broken them. And if, if, if we've broken the law in, in a real courthouse, Let's say you were in um, you were in court, and you had committed murder, and they knew you'd committed murder, and and they um, the judge says how do you how do you plead and you plead guilty because you know you're guilty, but you say but I'm really sorry most of the time I'm good, and um, it's you know on one of my bad days <laughs> that I committed murder, but I promise I won't do it again, and um, uh, I think you should let me go free. Would he be a good judge if he let you go free? No. No, because you have a sense of justice, right? right? That's not justice. Well, why do you think you have a sense of justice? Have you ever thought about that? I'll tell you why. <laughs> because the, the creator of this universe, who we are made in the image of, the Bible says, is a God of justice. He's a God of love. He loves you so much. Just as your mother hopefully loved you so much. Or someone in your life, I'm sure, loved and cared about you. But it's not love if we just let you run wild with with no restrictions, no boundaries, no laws. And if when you break those laws, there isn't justice and you're returned to a right relationship with, the, with your parent, with ever who it was who, um, who you broke the law of, and justice is served by there being some sort of consequence, right? Well, the Bible says the penalty for sin is death. That's the consequence, hell, eternal separation from God. And that makes sense when you think about like that courtroom scene, right? There has to be a penalty, especially when you've committed something serious like murder. But what if the judge said to you, look, 
Kathy, I know you're guilty of murder. The state requires the penalty for murder is the electric chair. That penalty must be paid. And I'm going to make a deal with you. Now, no judge on earth is ever going to do this. But let's just pretend he has the power and willingness to do this. What if he says, I'm going to make a deal with you because you know what? You're young. I've lived a full, long life, and, and I just um, I care about you. And instead of you going to the electric chair, I'll go in your place. I will pay the penalty that you deserve. Now, you see, no judge is ever going to really yeah. do that. But, but if he did, you have a choice to make, right? If you say to that judge, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you would do that for me, but... Thank you. Sure. Then who's going to go to the electric chair? You or the judge? The judge. The judge. Because you've accepted what he's going to do for you. You can't believe it, but he's going to. So the judge goes, and who is set free? Me. You. If, on the other hand, the judge makes that offer and you say, <laughs> no way. I know you're just trying to trick me. I'm, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't do it anyway. And besides that, it's honestly not fair. I, yeah. I can't let you do that. Then who goes to the electric chair? Me. You. Well, in a similar way, it's not perfect analogy at all. Analogies always fall short. But in a similar way, that's the deal God makes with us. He sent Jesus, his only begotten son, the Bible says, fully human, but fully man, to earth, with one purpose, that he was to live a perfect sinless life, which he did. And the Bible is a historical book. There is no account of Jesus ever sinning. There were other books written at that time period. None of them accused Jesus of sin. Never. He never committed a sin. Did he owe the penalty for death? No. The penalty for sin, which is death? No. He did not owe it, right? Right. You do. I do. Right. In fact, everyone does, because we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. And the penalty for sin is death. So Jesus lived 33 years on earth, willingly said, I will pay the penalty, you, me, everyone in that abortion center and on this street, everyone, the penalty we all owe. He would go to the devastating death, the horrific, just tormentous death of the cross to pay the penalty for sin that we deserve. Do you know about the cross? It's hard to grow up in America and not know about the crucifixion. Yeah. So you know Jesus mm -hmm. went to the cross, died this terrible death. Um, and three days later, Easter, what we celebrate at Easter, he rose from the dead. Now, first of all, that proves two things, right? Can you rise from the dead? How to, how to try. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Proves he's God. He's something not us anyway, right? Right. When he rose from the dead, from the dead. What did he overcome? Death. Yeah, he overcame death. So he's proving that he has the power to overcome the penalty for sin that you and I owe. He overcame death. He overcame sin. He paid the penalty for every bit of it for us. Now, how do we know he rose from the dead? I'm not going to say that there isn't an element of faith. There is. But there are some very convincing evidence of that. Again, there were books written at the same time period that talk about this, this huge influx of followers of, of this man who supposedly died on, on the cross. And these followers are saying they saw him risen, risen from the dead. Those are 
extra biblical books. The Bible says that he rose from the dead. And we know from history that every one, except for one of the apostles, the 12 men that followed Jesus during his earthly ministry, every one of them died a martyr's death rather than recant their belief that they saw he had risen from the dead. Would you die for something that you knew was a lie? If you knew he had not risen from the dead, would you say, no, go ahead and kill me. He rose from the dead. No, Never. But all of the disciples but one. One of them died a natural death. All of the rest of them died a horrific martyr's death rather than recant the truth that Jesus rose from the dead. So I'm going to read you one of my favorite verses. It's um, Romans 10:9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want to just talk about that a little. If you declare with your mouth, speak it, that Jesus is Lord. What do you think that means? Jesus is Lord. What is Lord? What is the Lord of your life? What does that mean? Like if money like, was Lord, would you do anything to get money? Probably. If it was Lord, mm -hmm. right? So what if Jesus is Lord? What do you think that means? Do anything to get Jesus? Do anything to get Jesus? Do everything he says, right? Mm -hmm. And he says that. In the Bible, he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. That's how we show our love of Jesus. And he also says in other verses, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? So he's saying, if you're not doing what I'm saying, if you're murdering, if you're lying, if you're blaspheming, and you're continuing in that, then he's not Lord. But if he is Lord, if you're going to call him Lord, he will do what he says. That's what this verse says. So if you declare with your mouth that he's Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, like those 12 disciples and all those witnesses that saw him, and now us today, that look at the evidence of this incredible creation, of the fact that you're alive, of the fact that the womb has, has, is perfectly designed for the miracle of life, the, of, of the design of, of even a strand of DNA is just so intricate that there is a creator. And if you believe that that creator cares about you and rose from the dead, then you will be saved. And what that means is you can have eternal life with Jesus, with God. And the beautiful um, result, the Bible tells us, is that the Holy Spirit enters our heart at that moment. When we submit our life to Jesus, he enters our heart and guides us into all righteousness. So that this burden that you have probably fought, this terribly wearying burden of sin that has led you to a place I'll bet you never thought you'd come, that burden of sin is removed. And instead, what is replaced is a deep desire to please and follow and love God. And He will help you. So I want to ask you, I know you've never done that. Is that something you'd be interested in doing? Something I, I want to learn more about. I've never heard it explained that way before. It just, yeah. I guess it just seems like God just doesn't want us to have a good time. It does, but <laughs> now if you understand, fall, maybe so. he's protecting you, right? Because is this going to be a good time, going in there and killing your baby? No, not at all. 
So I hope it's made you think um, a couple things. I'd love to give you some more information, and mm -hmm. I, I can send you. I'd, I'd love to get your number yeah. and um, and text. Um, text you some some sources that where you can explore more on your own and I'd love to keep talking with you about mm -hmm. this but at the very least can I encourage you to come with me for an ultrasound let's look at your baby and then kind of go from there uh, yeah we can do that yeah. okay God bless you let me let me just go see if I can get them on the phone and yeah. I'll take you over there thank you well we're back we hope that was a blessing to you guys We've gotten a lot of feedback in the past from people who've said that these mock sessions were a blessing. You kind of get to listen in on some of the things that we might say as we're ministering to a mom at the abortion center. So we're going to comment on some of the things, but uh, I mean, all in all, I think it was good. And we told you guys to talk about or think about the blaring omission, that uh, thing that Vicki left out of her conversation mm -hmm. with uh, Kathy. Wasn't it Kathy? Kathy. And uh, sharing the gospel with her, so maybe we'll save that for, for yeah, the end. Save what that was for that? The end. What was that thing that she forgot? I didn't think it was to me. I didn't, I didn't see it as a as a blaring omission, but certainly something yeah. you could have focused on. Yeah, I do know. Just starting out, I think one of our critiques of the last uh, last portion of this whole session was uh, that you didn't get her name, and so it's important that we get their name. It's not something that I get. I've shared this in the past right away. It probably in the course of the conversation. It depends on the conversation. Sometimes I'll get their name right away. But I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to come across as a creeper, right? I'm trying to that get all the, the information. That is the danger. Yeah. They, they don't want to be giving out personal information when we first meet them because they have heard bad things about us. They don't yeah. like us. Yeah. They don't want us stopping exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So can I get your name and... Can I go ahead and get your email address? Oh, oh yeah. Would you give me your social security <laughs> number live? and your home address exactly. too? You got a credit card on you? Yeah. Of course, we want to come across as creepers. We're not trying to get information just for the sake of information, but we want to build a relationship. Having their name is important. In this portion, you did apologize. Hey, I didn't get your name before. Right. What's your name? She shares her name. Her name's Kathy. And you continue to minister to her from there. I want to make an important point on something that I want to make sure that all of us in Sidewalk Ministry do if yeah. we are going to be giving resources to the moms. It is very important if you start a gospel discussion that you tell them right off the bat, nothing that we offer will be affected in any way by any decision you make for Jesus. Yeah. And and I and I say that at the get-go. I said that at the beginning of this of the session just mm -hmm. just that you just watched. Very important. We yeah, that was one want... of the points. Yeah. yeah. Go I, ahead. I wrote that down. That's one of the points that I thought was so important. Okay. Nothing that I say and no decision that you make based on what I say has anything to do with whether or not you get a free ultrasound, whether or not we give you a baby shower and none of the help that we offer is connected with what decision you make. Now, we have been accused of that by pro-abortion people right. and, and whatever else. You guys make them jump through all these hoops before you give them any resources. That has never been the truth. That's right. And it will never be the truth. However, I will say that some organizations, I mean, you think about organizations like food pantries and things like that. They have certain hoops, so to speak, that people jump through. So there's things, there's like, like we need information from them like that's mm -hmm. a hoop that everybody has to jump through right. we need to know where you live and who you are mm -hmm. if we're going to be helping you because mm -hmm. how are we going to help you if we don't know who you are you know so but as far as like you have to do this you have to take this class or do that thing 
Um, we don't do that. That's just right. not who we are, not what we do. I will say, though, that there are pregnancy centers that do that, that say you need to be enrolled in these classes, these parenting classes, to get certain things. I don't see anything wrong with that. No, I don't either. I They're giving a service. Yeah, yeah, I think it's wisdom. Mm-hmm. But as far as we're concerned, the resources that we offer, they're connected with with just us knowing who they are, um, connecting them with a mentor oftentimes. We talked about that. That mentor is going to give them those you know, those you know, different resources and things like that. But it's not like in order to get a mentor, they have to ask Jesus into their heart or yeah. anything like that. That would be so unbiblical to say, yeah. you can you can earn Jesus right. <laughs> by, we will give you all these things. And as long as you sign on the dotted line that you love the Lord, then we will give you more. Right, <laughs> no, yeah. that would be that would be awful. And that's why we're a little bit different from other organizations in that at this point, we're offering the gospel yeah. and there can be no strings attached. To your decision to right, yeah, uh, yeah to because we don't not. want to create false converts. That's correct. I don't want someone saying, "Yeah, I asked Jesus into my heart because I know that I'm going to be able to get these free goodies." Right. That's I don't want that. That's yeah. to me. I don't want to create false converts. Right. I, that I abhor that. Mm-hmm. So, um, for their sake and for the sake of of the Lord, we want to make sure we make that plain. None of these things that we're offering, resources that we're offering, has any any connection to whether you make a decision for or against Jesus. And I mean, we've helped directly. atheists, right? We have. We have. We've helped lesbian mm-hmm. atheists mm-hmm. that have come to the abortion center. Mm-hmm. And you say, do lesbians, lesbian atheists get pregnant? They they do, strangely. <laughs> we've they encountered do. them. Trust me. We have. We help them. Whether they make yeah. a decision for Jesus or not, we help anyone, everyone that we can, uh, as much as we're able. Um, so jumping into you sharing the gospel and kind of yeah. the way that you lay things out, one of the first questions you asked has to do with eternal destiny, right? heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to get that out there, mm-hmm. right? It's good to get it out there. I think you mentioned, what if you died going home? Is that how yeah. you worded it? Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. If you were hit by a car on the way leaving, yeah. pray you're not. I always remind them. I, sure. I don't want yeah, that to happen. I'm not hoping that happens to you, <laughs> right. but if it did happen, yeah. are you going to go to heaven or hell? Yeah. Now, she said uh, something to the effect of, well, what if I just cease to exist? What if I just don't exist? Again, she's playing the part of an agnostic who right. doesn't really know whether or not there's even a heaven or hell. So then I made it a hypothetical right. because I didn't really want to get into dealing with that answer. Yeah. And that's, I think that's wisdom, right? Yeah. It's let the Holy Spirit do his work. Right. We're not going to be able to get into an apologetic about heaven or hell and, and, and you know the afterlife and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Like you're not... It's not wise to go around that mountain continually before you even get into sharing the gospel. Right. Just, okay, hypothetically speaking, what if what if it is true mm-hmm. that there's a heaven and a hell, and then you just roll with it? That's yeah. what you did, and yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I think most people can relate to a place of reward and a place of punishment, yeah, too, of even if it's not what you call heaven or hell. Yeah, yeah. So just going right through that and just asking um, heaven or hell— she lays out like most person, like like the Bible says. The Bible says each man will proclaim his own goodness. So mm-hmm. you give people an opportunity: Are you a good person, a bad person? Are you a person worthy of heaven or hell? Most people are going to say, "Well, I'm a pretty good person." I'm, I think she said this. I did, I've done some bad things, but generally speaking, I'm a good person. So probably going to heaven, right? Right. Yeah. And then you jump right into the way of the Master, right. to Ray Comfort. 
and the way that he shares the gospel, yeah, and showing Ka- Kathy, Kathy, that she's not a good person, and she so, admitted in the end, nope, I guess I really am not. Yeah, I've never had someone say, "Wow, well, I really am," and you're yeah. full of it with all these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what you get sometimes if you're laying out that, you know, have you ever told a lie? I'm a liar. I mean, at the end, you, you do it just like Ray Comfort does. So you're a lying, blaspheming, adulterer, at, a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterer at heart. How does that sound to you? you know, most people are like, yeah, if, if that's the standard I'm getting measured by, I'm toast. Right. Sometimes I'll get people to respond, well, you know, I'm, I'm still a good person. It's like, really? A liar? A thief, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and you're still a good person? Yeah. Then what does a bad person look like? <laughs> you know, they hate to see that person. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's good. I think to what we've always pushed, what we've always supported and gotten behind as far as training for evangelism has been the way of the master. This yeah. is an effective way to share the gospel. Now, I will say this. Sharing people's guilt for sin and sharing the law and are you a liar all that that is actually not sharing the gospel right you're not sharing the gospel you're making groundwork you're mm-hmm. plowing the ground to share the gospel you're showing them why they need the gospel why yeah. they need a savior until they come to that understanding the gospel doesn't matter they yeah. have no idea they need jesus yet until yeah. you've convinced them you really are a bad person, yeah. and you are hopeless. You cannot get out of that cycle of sin yourself. And most people will ultimately agree that with yeah. that when yeah, you lay it out just, that way. It's just like a doctor. We talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. You've got to convince someone that they're sick before they're going to receive the remedy. Right. Right? Yeah. And yeah. the remedy, of course, is the gospel. That's yeah. that's the gospel, the remedy, yeah. sharing what Jesus has done in his death, his burial, his resurrection. But sharing the conviction of sin and the guilt that we have before God, that's not sharing the gospel, but that's laying the groundwork for sharing the gospel. That's showing people their guilt right. so that they see that they need a relationship with Jesus. Right. And then moving into the whole justice, the, the right. court and and the idea that there there is justice and that we all desire justice. And most people can really relate to that. One of the things that I didn't do that I could have done was at, she was really she understood justice she seemed to truly understand consequence for sin and the need for justice and maybe introducing the idea of justice towards her child yeah and and I didn't that that again was something I could have I could have used that that I I think she would have been with me on that yeah so but yeah the rate comfort framework is really good I do tweak it a little like I don't exactly follow how Ray Comfort does it in right. that I spend a lot of time on that um, Romans ten nine yeah. verse. And the reason for that is in where we are, so many of the women claim to be believers. Yeah, They'll even say, not only do they believe in Jesus, believe in God, but Jesus is their Lord. Right. And they have proclaimed him as their Lord. Yeah. And we really want to expose the truth or lack of truth of that statement, if they are there actively rebelling against God in such a serious thing as killing their own child. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked that question specifically, and I like the way that you lay that out. If money is your Lord, yeah. then will you do anything for money? Yeah. Right. You'll do anything to get money. 
Jesus is your Lord. She says, I'll do anything to get Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> in a sense. You kind of reframed it, I believe. You'll, you'll yeah. do anything that he says. You'll right. obey him. Right. And that's really what you're getting to. Are you obeying God? Are you yeah. doing the things that he commands you to do? And of course, in this scenario, are you obeying him as it concerns your unborn child? Yeah. Are you obeying him by not going in and murdering your child? Right. And also, and this can be slightly controversial, I think, for people, mm-hmm. but as you're laying out Romans 10, you mm-hmm. know, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, or confess your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Mm-hmm. And you try to get them to, to, to make a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. You give them what some people might call an invitation. Mm-hmm. Would you like to do that right now? Would you like to confess Jesus as your Lord right now, to pray and confess Jesus as Lord? Mm-hmm. Now, she turned down that opportunity, right? right? She, she say something like, uh, like I want to think about, about it, it. I want to learn about it more. It's the first time I've heard it presented that way. I love a response like that, yeah, honestly. Absolutely. I, that's yeah, what and, I want. And, and I want what, them to be sparked on to, to learn for themselves it, that faith has to be their own, not just because someone has told it yeah, to you. Yeah. Yeah. What you don't want is trying to trick them into saying a sinner's prayer so you can put a notch on your belt, right? right? I've got another right. one saved or whatever. Yep. Well, if you if you if you're considering that, just say this after me, real quick. Trick them into quote getting saved. Yeah. Again, we don't want to create false converts. Right. We want people who are truly convicted for their sin, mm-hmm. feel their guilt before God and their need for a savior, mm-hmm. and that are truly repentant. Right. And that might springboard into what you thought was a blaring omission. Yeah. Which I didn't think was was. A blaring omission. Certainly, you could have talked more about repentance, and that's what it was, right? Right. I never, never mentioned repentance. It has occurred to me for a long time. I really need a, at my fingertips a good repentance verse. That's all it needs. Just throw in a good repentance verse, yeah, of which there's many, and um, and talk about that. That true repentance means more than just saying you're sorry for right. your sins. That you first I I brought her to a recognition of sin. I don't know if I I think maybe a sense of sorrow over her sin. But I never talked about how true repentance means turning from this life of sin. And um and you change your actions. If there's yeah. true repentance, you change your actions. And that's that is very critical, especially in front of an abortion center because true repentance if you have agreed with everything that I have just shared with you, true repentance means you're not going to go in there and kill your baby, right? right? And there are people I have actually said that to. So I know I don't always forget repentance, but I know sometimes I do because it's not mentioned in the Romans 10, 9 verse. And that's where I'm really cueing in on yeah. um, on sharing the gospels. So I, I need to add uh, a good verse regarding yeah. repentance, yeah. I think. I think yeah. it would have been better. Yeah, and that's what you're aiming for is repentance toward God yeah. and faith toward the Lord Jesus. Like it talks about the book of Acts. They preach repentance toward God right. and faith toward the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's what we have for you. I don't think there's anything else really that I wanted to touch on. It was kind of a long um, counseling session, so yeah. didn't want to labor too long at the end. And kind of breaking down critique and that sort of thing. Like I said, I think it went pretty good. Anything you want to mention before we wrap it up? Well, I will tell you, I I wanted to do this in eight minutes. That was my goal. And I kept watching the clock tick and I was thinking, what could I have left out? So I do think it's important to remember we don't want to rush God. And we don't. This is if if we're going to take a long time with something, 
this is where we want to spend our time, I think, because we've said so many times, the heart that is willing to abort a child is going to continue no matter how many goodies we give her, unless her heart has been changed towards God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I will say that these sessions like this, sharing the gospel, could happen over in the shade, right? Yeah. Or it could happen on the phone. It could happen on the mobile ultrasound unit. It could happen in the pregnancy center. It could happen over coffee, breakfast, dinner, something like that. I've even texted this when a mom says, I'm just so busy. Can you you text? And I'll say, okay, I will take whatever opportunity they offer me. Sure. And so ultimately, though, it's the Holy Spirit that does the changing of the hearts. We have to share. We have to be faithful to share what the Word of God tells us to share, which I believe we're aiming for repentance. So we want to bring the truth of sin to bear. We want to lay out their sin, their guilt before God, and and then show them that Jesus is the Savior. He's the remedy for the problem of sin. I think you did that well. So praise God for that. I hope you guys were blessed as you listened in. Please reach out to us if you have suggestions of future podcasts. We're going to continue to do some of these mock sessions. We think they're a blessing to people. We're going to continue to cover other subjects, too. But if you have other subjects in particular that we haven't yet covered that you would want us to cover or maybe subjects we have covered that you want us to dig a little deeper into, we'd certainly love to do that. You can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki at lovelife.org. And until next time, God bless. God bless. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you